it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Hey, just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. If you're a spiritual professional and have been building your skills and knowledge for years and feel ready to share this wisdom with the world, then the Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create your very own online course without having to worry and stress about the technology and the marketing, then you are strongly urged to apply. All the details can be found at theafterlightinstitute.com. Right, Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. Before I get into this kick-ass bio, I do want to give you a bit of a language warning. I know we don't normally throw F-bombs out on the Afterlight podcast, but my next guest may or may not work those in and I want to give him the, uh, the freedom to be who he truly is in this show. So if you are concerned about language, then uh, you might want to give this show a pass or you just might want to... Um, not worry about it really for this one, because there's a lot of content we're going to be getting into today. So let's meet our guest. Andrew is a psychic medium, a tarot card reader, a content creator who works to make angel and unicorn energy accessible to people. Through his style of reading, he refers to as love, light, and F-bombs. He brings the world of angels and unicorns down to earth. Andrew lives in Washington, D.C., and when he isn't slinging cards, you can find him listening to Britney Spears and dancing around the house with his cat, Minerva. You can find him on Instagram at Tarot with Andrew and at www.tarotwithandrew.com, but I'll put a link to all those in the show notes. Andrew is joining me today to talk about angels, tarot, unicorn power, and uh, we're probably going to be talking about ethics and pressures on people in today's society to be maybe more than they're ready for. We're going to get into it all now. Andrew, welcome to the show. So great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. So I know I sort of asked you if you would be willing to pull a card to sort of start off the show for our listener at home. And uh, we had a little bit of a bonding moment there, didn't we? When I asked you that question. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That was, <laughs> that was so cool. So we both have the same deck. We both have the same deck. Yes. Oh, I love it. So yeah, I'm going to be drawing a card from the Magic of Unicorns Oracle Cards by Diana Cooper, which is a um, companion deck to her book, The Magic of Unicorns. Um, so let's see what we got. This is the card. Oh my God. So we have card number 15, and it is Cosmic Rainbow. Look for the pot of gold and accept joy. And I just adore, I, I adore every card in this deck. But like with this card, it's just, it's just talking about look for the positive in every single thing that you're going through, even if it's a little bit um, rougher than you would like it to be. There's still something there that you can grasp from it that's, gives you a positive outlook um and joy is just readily available for us whenever we want it whenever we need it and that's just great and that's how the unicorns can help us the unicorn energy can help us in just accepting that joy is natural isn't it funny how you know joy is natural and yet 
as humans, we almost default into suffering and fear, you know, all, all the oh, unprogramming yeah. we have to do. And why is that? I think because we're so, we're so conditioned to think that if something good happens, that something bad is happening just around the corner. Mm. And we're like, nothing can just be good. I had a few readings today that I did where that was a common theme. And it's so funny that it's coming up again. Is like, accept the good shit that happens. Yeah. Like if something good happens, allow it to just be good and be what it is. Instead yeah. of saying this was really good, but that means that something's going to happen. Something bad's right behind it. Like we're, we're conditioned to believe that. And we're conditioned to believe that there's, that there's always going to be something bad, like waiting for us. Mm. And whether it's because of teachers that we've followed or whether it's because of, you know, how things have seemingly worked in our personal experiences, you know, joy is our, joy is our default state. Gratitude is our default state. Like alignment is our default state and anything yeah. outside of that is influenced by other people. And I don't care about those people. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that is just BS. I remember I was reading the book um, by Gay Hendricks and it's called The Big Leap. I don't know if you've read it, but it does talk about how we upper limit ourselves all the time. Exactly what you were talking about there. How, how, where, you know, well, if this is going really well, then something else is going to break down and, and fall. Do you think that there is sort of a, um, we have a challenge with feeling like we're deserving of all the brilliance and all the joy and all the gifts and all the miracles in our life? Absolutely. I think that we, we tend to focus on like the fuck ups that we've made and like, I made a bad decision, you know, 20 years ago and I don't <laughs> deserve love or I don't deserve happiness because of that one thing. And it was so funny. I was channeling a message today and it was literally, I can't remember for the most part what I channel, but I remember a little bit mm. and it was like, the, the negative emotions that we feel, like the, 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 the pain and the sorrow and the suffering are not, um, are not like mile markers that we're on the wrong path. They are kind of like the little signs that tell us we're going around a curve to follow those signs and to redirect. And they're actually personifications of the very fact that we're on the right path. And, you know, the, the guilt and the shame that we feel is just, it just keeps us from, from doing what we really should be doing, which yeah. is whatever we want, whatever makes us happy. Yeah. And we, we tend, we just, we just get so wrapped up in the, I made a mistake or I did something seemingly wrong. I don't deserve happiness. I'll never deserve happiness. I'm just going to be alone the rest of my life and miserable. Mm. And it's like, no, like, how dare you? <laughs> Yeah. Have you had to work through that in your own life? Absolutely. You know, um, being from the, the, the Southern United States, um, I had to deal with that a lot because I was constantly told I was wrong for a myriad of things. Yeah. Um, and it became such a difficult thing to realize, Hey, just as I am just Andrew, I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of compassion. I'm worthy of connecting to, with the universe. Like I'm worthy of all of these things that other people told me that I wasn't. And to be honest, it's never something that goes away. It still creeps up, 
And it's still just like, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, you shouldn't be, you know, achieving this goal or whatever the case may be. And it, it never leaves. Like it's never a one and done thing. But the moment that you realize, hey, I actually am worthy, it gets a little bit easier to like keep keep pushing forward. But yeah, it's hard. It's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can relate to that too, because I think it's about showing up every day and knowing that, yeah, some days might be easier than other days and just coming back and being like, is that that little fear voice, you know, creeping up again? I've got, you know, that girl, she's, she's old. She has nothing to do here. You know, she's stopping me from stepping into my power. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's really shitty when it happens. And it's like, it's so, it's so crazy because we have all of the tools that we tell other people that they have, (laughs) but like when you're in that moment, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, this is really bad. Yeah. Like, and then there've been several days where, you know, I call them bad brain days where like my mental health just isn't the best. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like calling them bad brain days helps me cope a little bit more. But, you know, mental health is a real thing. And just because we're spiritual beings having a human experience doesn't mean that part of that human experience isn't dealing with mental health and dealing with the ways that we, 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 we process things. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's always something, it's different for everyone. And however you feel your feelings is not wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's okay. Yeah. Do you sometimes think that as a spiritual person, there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way, you know, and when I, when I'm referencing that, I mean, you know, like when you kind of look at your, let's say your typical generic sort of spiritual person, you know, you kind of make the assumption that maybe they're really kind and they're really gentle. And like when they walk on grass, they never, you know, the grass never bends. It's just like, they're just so Zen. They never say fuck they never screw up you know what I mean do you think there's a lot of pressure to sort of fit into that mold or do you think that spirituality is becoming a little bit more accessible with people like yourself who aren't afraid of throwing in an f-bomb now and again you know (laughs) so when I first started reading tarot and um, it was actually angel tarot that I first started reading um because traditional tarot kind of um freaked me out a little bit it was very difficult for me to understand and grasp so naturally I found Doreen Virtue and I was like, so I've got to be this love and light. I can't curse on social media. Like I have to be this picture of just positivity and just fucking like, you know, angel wings sprouting out of my face. And I was, and, you know, I always say it wasn't like I was living double lives, but it was just like, I knew that if I say I'm an angel card reader, I have to be positive. I have to be like super out of this world, you know, um, almost like bypassing, you know, actual human emotion. And I had a coaching session or several coaching sessions with one of my friends who's also, whose name is also Andrew. And we were talking about it and I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, I, I will literally be on Instagram talking or at Facebook, whatever, talking about love and light and be so pissed off in traffic and be like, you know, yelling every word in, in the book imaginable. And that's just who I am. Like, I just curse a lot. I curse a lot. And I was just like, 
I'm not going to hide this part of myself anymore. I'm not going to like censor myself. And Mm -hmm. the very first post, it's still on my Instagram. I will never archive it. It It's still there. It is the word fuck surrounded by angel wings. And I was like, you can curse and be spiritual. Like your angels know how you really are. Mm -hmm. So like the prayers that I was saying, like, dearest Archangel Michael, please help me with this today is the same vibration as Archangel Michael, can you help me with this shit? Because I'm so pissed off. I can't see straight. Like I'm so fucking aggravated right now because your angels know how you act. They want you to be real with them and they'll still help you. Even if you pray King James version, Bible English, but like you're not hiding anything from them. And when I realized that I was like, well, here we go. (laughs) Like it was the drop of the roller coaster. Like I was like, we're just going to say whatever happens, happens. And there is a lot of pressure. And I feel like we are loosening up more and we are realizing, hey, we can be human. We're allowed to be human. (laughs) Let us be human, please. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, when you kind of unveil the truth to become who you truly are, what you're doing is you're making yourself accessible and relatable to people, right? Because, you know, most people aren't walking around with angel wings out of their face to quote you, you know, they're, they are going through real shit and they, they want to relate to somebody who understands that about them. Yeah, that that's absolutely right. Like, you know, we, we naturally want people that will, that we resonate with and the people, and not saying there's anything wrong with people who don't curse. I know at least one or two people, I think, that don't curse, and they're they're <laughs> and they're great, and they're amazing people, and you know they have client lists out the wazoo, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people just really need that, like, get your head out of your ass guidance, and like, I'm not gonna mess around with you. Yeah, and I'm super upfront about it. I'm like, whatever I get, I get, and whatever I say, I say. Mm. Oh well. Yeah, that's <laughs> be ready so for good. it. <laughs> I do want to talk to you in a few minutes, a little bit about how you sort of manage the expectations when you are giving a reading and somebody sitting there hoping that you're going to say something, then you're not going to say that answer. But before we get into that, I am interested in finding out how your spiritual journey began. Can you take me back a little bit, Andrew? Oh my God. So there's a show here um, called the Long Island Medium. Her name's Teresa Caputo. And so I, I was watching her show for years. I loved it. I never missed an episode. I bought the episodes. Like I never missed it. I loved her so much. Still one of the only mediums that I actually believe in and a humble brag. I actually had a zoom with her last year and I got to talk to her. So like, she's, I feel like she's legit. She's amazing. And in her book, there's more to life than this. It's her first book. She was talking about seeing the number four, four, four. And how seeing 444 means that there are angels all around you. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I was flying by the seat of my pants. I was like literally just, you know, on a whim doing whatever I could. And every time I saw 444, I would make a conscious effort to stop and to just see white light around me. I had no idea what I was doing. No idea whatsoever. And I was like, 444, angels. I was like, I need help. Angels, I need help. There's a lot of angels. I need help. And so 444 is like the gateway drug. And then you see 111, 222, 333, 555, 1111, 1212, you know? And I was like, oh, wow. Like I'm seeing all these numbers. And I was a server at um, at a restaurant chain here called Red Robin. And 
I would see the numbers and I would like be behind the, the counter looking up the numbers on my phone and like what they meant. And I was like, oh my God, I needed that number. And that led me to Doreen Virtue and her angel numbers. Yes, yes. Book. Love that book. And so once, oh my God, I, I love it. I have the Kindle version. I have the regular version. I have Kyle Gray's version. I have Alana Fairchild's version. If there's a number, I've got it. And Lisa Robertson, like uh, numbers out, numbers out the ass. I love it. Mm. And when I, once I found her, it was a done deal. I remember going to Barnes and Noble and I was going to a Catholic church at the time because um, I was experimenting because I loved Mother Mary. I loved the rosary. It's a beautiful prayer. Mm. And I was like, I'm just going to be at a Catholic church for a little bit. And they actually liked gay people. So I was like, fine, I'm not going to question it. I'm going to mind my business. Like whatever you say goes, I'm here for you. And I bought the Everything Catholicism book and the, the Archangel Power tarot cards. <laughs> in the same purchase <laughs> so bad I love it <laughs> like polar opposite it's just modern and, spirituality you know, at its best <laughs> no it really is and the very first card I drew from that deck was like it hit me in the face and I started doing readings for friends and family and bought more decks and more decks and more decks and started and I was able to take her certified her and Radley Valentine's um certified angel card reader course and that gave me the the, um, the confidence I needed to read for other people and that just propelled me to where I am now. Yeah, so it was all because of the Long Island medium. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? You know, I love finding out from people how their spiritual journey kicked off, the influences, you know, that sort of helped get them into the subject matter. So let's talk now a little bit more about angels because angels really are some of my favorite things to discuss. Uh, I don't know whether or not I, I'm going to bring this up because I've just finished reading Claire Stone's book about the female archangels. Have you read that book yet? Mm -hmm. I have perused the book. I'm more of a oh, skim the book first and then read it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. so I actually been listening to it on audiobook, which I'm not really an audiobook person, but it, it I feel like that book's actually really meant to be digested in that way. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm interested in finding about your experiences and your relationships with angels. How did you first get introduced to one, for example? And do you ever pay to attention to the female archangels? Maybe we can get into that subject in a little bit. So yeah. What was your experience like? Did you ever, have you ever met an angel? You talked about Archangel Michael, you know, is he, is he a mate of yours? Yes. Um, so Archangel Michael was, cause I remember when I was reading about Archangel Michael, Dorian Virtue said that um, when you, when he's around the air pressure can change. Like he can literally affect air pressure with his presence. And I was at work and I was like, Archangel Michael, like I need help help me. This was before I cursed in prayer. So I was just like, please help me. I was like a good little, I was a good little, I was a good little student. And, and I, I felt him, like I felt him there. And there was a, there was an instance where I was just like, okay, you're really here. Like you're really, like you're really here. And I took a, a mediumship class and I did a meditation and Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Michael, and Metatron were all there. Mm. And that's where I really kind of got to see their personalities. And literally just how funny Archangel Michael is, he has the greatest sense of humor that I have ever seen in my life. And he's kind of like the, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but 
you know, like the college, the college frat boys who are like, hey, watch me do this, you know, like hold my beer. Like he has that kind of energy. He's very happy. And Archangel uh, Metatron was like rolling his eyes at him in like a playful way, not in like a way that he didn't like him or anything. Yeah, yeah. But like just being in their presence was really amazing. And the coolest experience was actually, was actually with Archangel Hanael who is the angel of um, psychic abilities, clairvoyance. I can't believe you just brought that Uh-oh. up. I'll tell you why in a minute. Keep going. <laughs> oh, it's so, so cool. when I started when I started doing uh, readings, she was the, the angel that I gravitated to the most. I loved her, loved her. She's my, like, she's my angel. Like, I don't care what anyone says. She's my angel. I love her. I love her. And I had this meditation that I was doing when I was doing readings and I would literally breathe in the essence of her light. So that pale blue light, I would like attune to her energy and it would be all glorious and wonderful. And I was doing a reading uh, for my partner when we first met and we were sitting on the floor. We had um, no furniture. We, our furniture was getting delivered. We were sitting there. We were just like on the floor of the living room and I was getting ready to do a reading and I did my meditation. He was like, what were you doing? I felt something really weird. And I was like, yeah, that probably makes sense. <laughs> Cause it was an angel right there. <laughs> ha ha. <Wow. laughs> like, she, she's, she's literally the, the, the angel that I will feel more than any other angel. So I had a dream a couple of weeks ago and in my dreams, I don't know. I didn't know much about the female archangels, including Archangel Heniel, but I remember I was listening to a conversation with Radley Valentine and he brought up Archangel Heniel yes. at one point, just in passing. So anyway, fast forward like weeks, weeks and weeks, weeks later. So I'm having this, um, I'm having a dream. And the only thing I can think of is Archangel Heniel. And you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I better remember that. And you never do. Well, I remembered, I woke up and I thought I better remember that. And when I went back to bed, the only thing I thought about all night was Archangel Haniel, Archangel Haniel. And when I got up, I went, okay, so clearly I'm supposed to write this down and remember this. And then I was exploring uh, Claire Stone's Archangel book. And then it became clear that she was, you know, the angel of the moon. And I'd been doing all this um, learning about the moon and then intuition and magic. And then of course, one of her spirit animals, are the unicorns. And so I was just yep. like, this is amazing. And then I've had a lot of other experiences that, you know, since this has only been the last month, by the way, uh, where I've really been understanding a little bit about her. So it's just so beautiful that, that she's an angel that's really connected to you. So when you were talking earlier on in the show, you mentioned doing an angel channeling. When did that start happening for you? So it was an accident. So <laughs> I did not mean for it to happen. I always thought like, because I, I love Esther Hicks. So I watch Abraham Hicks. I've watched all their stuff. I love Not all their stuff. That's impossible. But as much as I can possibly soak up. And I'm like, God, I would love to channel like she does. And I always thought that channeling was this some far off thing that was just absent from me. I couldn't touch it. And I was using um, the... Uh, Universe Has Your Back Oracle, or no, 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 the Super Attractor Oracle by um, Gabby Bernstein. And I had the journal too, the the matching journal. And I drew a card and I was going to journal about it. And I never journaled. Journaling is beyond me. 
it takes a lot for me to do it. Yeah. Like it, it, to me, it feels tedious sometimes. And I was just like, I'm really called a journal, so I better do it. And I just really felt like I was hearing what to write. Like clear audiently, I was like, I'm channeling a message right now and I'm just going to keep going with it and we're going to call it good. And I just kept going. And so that happened for about a week and a half. And eventually they started talking too fast. And I was like, I can't write this fast. So I better just start a voice memo on my phone and just speak it. And come to find out, I met my my main channeling guide, whose name is Francisco. And so we were cool, but it wasn't until I started my Angels and You program on Patreon, which just ended, um, when I started channeling angels. And I was like, this is really amazing. Like being able to channel an angel, like an angel that I thought was so far beyond my ability to reach. Yeah. you know, especially in channeling, to be able to really channel them and to have them speak and say what they want to say was cool as hell. <laughs> I was like, I I'm surprised. That. I shocked myself. <laughs> That's so good. So, um, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is that you're essentially able to sort of almost put Andrew to the side to make room for the messages from the angels. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to that at the beginning when you said, you didn't really remember what you'd channeled because it didn't come from you. Yeah. So did that take practice? Did you have to do meditation practice in order to kind of silence the side of you that is Andrew to allow for that information to come through without getting diluted? So kind of, so in my mediumship practice, which I don't do a whole lot of mediumship readings anymore, but um, I still love them but I'm, my gatekeeper spirit is always with me when I channel. And so I was just like, I talked to my guide and I was like, I don't want to have to translate what you say. Like, I want you to just speak through me. Like, I want you to just do whatever you got to do because it's too much work for me to translate what you're saying. And with my gatekeeper spirit beside me, who kind of make, he's like my bouncer, right? So for those of you who aren't familiar with the gatekeeper spirit, when you're doing mediumship work or channeling or working with angels, they're kind of like your bodyguard, making sure that everything is okay with you um, before, you know, angels inhabit you and want to talk. And I was just like, I want you to channel through me. And that's exactly what it's like. It's like, it's, I'm still present, but I move to the side a little bit and just, they just say what they want to say. And at the very end of it, I will 90% of the time forget the entire thing. Mm. and have to just listen, listen, listen back to it because I won't, I won't remember it. It's really weird, but it's cool, but it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand. Cause I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm starting to dabble with Oracle cards again. And I remember I've been doing readings for friends and they'll bring up what I've talked about. And I don't remember at all. Like I have no idea Absolutely. What, what I talked about. I'm like, Oh, cool. Okay. Like no idea what you mean. Um, so how do people connect with the gatekeeper guide? Like, is there sort of a way that you can kind of bring them in or, you know, how did you get introduced to yours? So for me, it was once again, literally I fly by the seat of my pants. It wasn't my intention starting out to connect with them, but you know, spirit will take any chance they can get. And I was actually doubting my mediumship, um, quite a bit. I was really like in a space where I was like, I'm a fake, like, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And my friend, Kelsey, who's one of the best mediums that I know, she was like, let's FaceTime 
practice with me. Like, just practice with me. Like, I'm here to help you. And I was doing a meditation and I was kind of just creating the meditation as I go, walking down a path in a forest, seeing this huge oak tree or not, not even an oak tree, just this huge tree with a door in it and walking through that door. And I was like, there's a spirit here that I don't know that I've never met. And I was like, I don't know who this is. And his name is Elion, E-L-I-O-N. And I was like, I don't know who this is. Like, I have no idea who this is. And she was like, that's your gatekeeper spirit. And I was like, oh, oh, nice, cool. And I noticed that when I started working with my gatekeeper spirit, my mediumship readings that were already really good went from really good to holy shit. Mm. How is this real? Because he, he's kind of just like the line manager. So like if, if I was in a, if I was doing a mediumship reading for you and you had, you know, five souls that passed on, he'd be like, next, 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 and like usher them forward and like stamp their hands if they're going into a club or something. And it, it was just like the happiest of coincidences, you know, in quotation marks mm-hmm. that I was able to meet him because he's been, he, he's, he's been there for me in my channeling experience, which was even cooler. So yeah, it, it was, if you want to meet them, just ask to meet them. You, you might meet them in your dream, or you might do the same kind of meditation that I just described and they'll, they'll meet you. They, they want to meet you. And I guess it's about also sort of get, letting go of expectation, right. And just being prepared mm-hmm. to meet whoever you're going to meet, because sometimes I'm sure you could be pleasantly surprised. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Zero expectation is the name of the game. You can't go into it being like, okay, my gatekeeper guide is going to be this tall. They're going to look like this. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. Like, don't, don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Before we get into the subject of unicorns and unicorn power, because I know that's going to be an awesome conversation. And then of course, talking a little bit more about tarot, are there any tips or tricks that you can recommend to our listener at home to better connect with angels, whether it's their angel team, whether or not it's the archangels we've alluded to, Do you have some sort of strategies to help them sort of get started if they haven't explored this previously? Yeah, um, the the easiest way is to ask for a sign. Say, universe, I want a sign that I am supported by my angels. For me, it will always be a peacock feather or a peacock. It will always, that, that is my symbol. That is my sign. That is it. That's how I know. And the day that I told, the day after, I went to sleep and I was like, universe, if I'm on the right path, I want to see a peacock. If I'm supported, I want to see a peacock. The next day, I had someone with a peacock tattoo come into my store. I had someone with a a peacock feather on their shirt. There was a person in a peacock suit on TV. (laughs) Like, I I shit you not, it was, there were peacocks everywhere. (laughs) and the universe meets you where your expectations are so if you ask for a sign and you're expecting it the universe will deliver it in one way or another but the key is to let go of that specificity yes and to be like I want I want to see a purple polka dotted unicorn on roller skates if the universe is on my side like the universe is on your side but it's really hard to do that so like lower your expectations a bit and just realize hey I'm going to ask for this. And the universe is willing to meet you where you are. Just ask for help. Like just say, I need help. (laughs) 
This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. Yeah, that's so good. All right, well, let's get into the subject now of unicorns. And even if you're not able to necessarily manifest right now a unicorn in uh, purple polka dots on roller skates, unicorns are (laughs) around us. So how did you first get introduced to unicorns? And have you seen one? (laughs) So to be completely honest, I can't remember when I first got introduced to unicorns. I've always loved them. Like, I've just always loved them. I've always been so fascinated by them. Um, Even like when I was in the church, I would be on Pinterest and a unicorn would come up. I would always love to see like the memes about unicorns. They were just so funny to me and I loved them so much. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started on my spiritual path that I was like, oh, like, what do you mean I can connect with unicorns? Like they're real? And I was like, sure. So I started on that journey of connecting with them. And um, my unicorn journey really just like accelerated and my, the, the foot got pressed, to the, uh, the, the gas got pressed by the foot, whatever. I can't remember the, the phrase, but it took off when I got the, um, the Magic of Unicorns book by Diana Cooper. Hay House had a sale and I was like, say less, I'm going to spend all my money. And I was like, I want this book. And I got the book. And the moment that I took the book out of the box, I, it just like, I felt the energy just radiating off of this book. Like I felt it, like I've never felt that before. Like this book was so high vibrational. Like I was just like, I don't even know if I should be touching this book right now. Like it was just so amazing. And I started reading it and there was a part in here um, about a unicorn portal and opening a unicorn portal, um, which is basically just opening up a sacred space where you charge it with your intentions and the unicorns add to your intention with their magic or with their energy. And I started doing that and I started doing it consistently. And I have since, um, since doing that, realized and been told that each are each of the each of the archangels, whether they're part of the big fifteen or whether they're not, they each have a team of unicorns and dragons and elemental beings that help them with yeah. serving their purpose. And how I found that out was, um, I had a lot of trauma when I was little around painting my nails. They're not painted right now. Hindsight should have done that, but when I paint, when I, when my nails are painted, my mom really got really, really upset. And I remember her taking me to my grandma's house and like getting the nail polish off of my hands because I had gotten it done at school. And I was like, okay, I'll never paint my nails again. And so I paint, I was like, you know what, I'm going to paint my nails again and it's going to be fine. And I was so self-conscious and I was working with unicorn energy and I asked Archangel Jophiel, I was like, Jophiel, can you please help me feel confident with my nails being painted? because I'm really nervous and it makes me really self-conscious. And a magenta unicorn, magenta colored unicorn appeared and was walking beside me and helped me. And from that point on, I was like, oh, wow. Like this is legitimately amazing. And so I've been working with unicorns ever since and I'm in the process of being, Uh, getting my certification in unicorn healing, unicorn energy healing. 
wow. So they're, they're, they're my best friends. And my nickname at work is even Unicorn, like Unicorn Sparkles is my <laughs> best name, is my name for literally. Yeah, it works. They're just like, it's either Unicorn Sparkles or Unicorn Sprinkles. Like they just, they just know that that's my, that's my name. <laughs> and don't even know anything else. They don't even know how weird I can get. <laughs> so when you're talking about unicorns, you know, it seems to me as though, um, you know, there was sort of like a strength or an anchoring or a we've got your back kind of feeling. Is that the way that you might describe the unicorn power? Or do they sometimes also walk ahead of you and, and help to set the, the path or, or put things in motion? Absolutely. They can do whatever you need them to do. You know, for me in that moment, it was, I needed to feel confident and I needed to feel powerful and I needed to feel like I was confident in how I looked. And with Jophiel being the angel of um, beauty and of grace and of like being self-confident about how you look, like that unicorn just naturally came and walked and walked beside me. But Unicorns can walk in front of you. They can be your backup and walk behind you. There are hundreds of different types of unicorns. Um, whatever unicorn comes up for you, we each have a personal unicorn. You can meet yeah. your unicorn, just ask them and just ask them to show up and just say, hey, help me. And I mean, like, I want help and they'll help you because they're literally like a mirror of your higher self okay. and they just want you to succeed. So would you go into a meditation with the intention that I'd like to connect with my unicorn? And then after you've done that, I mean, how do you kind of, can you evoke them, invoke them along your day? Yeah. Like, let's say you're walking along the street and you might feel a bit nervous or self-conscious. You can just invite them in. Absolutely. So you can literally go into a meditation. It can be, um, a visualization of being in nature, being in a forest, being by a stream, a beach, whatever makes you happy, makes you happy, whatever. And just asking your unicorn guide to come forward and seeing this huge ball of light, seeing a unicorn walk forward, whatever color they are, it doesn't matter. And just see them walk up to you and align their horn with your heart chakra. No. And they send their energy to it. You can ask them for their name. They may give it to you. They may not give it to you in that moment. That's totally fine. And you can say, hey, I'm going to ask you for help. You know, I always say to have a key word for the universe when you need help. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes one of my friends, their key word is Shazam. So when they say Shazam, that's like their, their word. And that's, that's so just like, uni like universe, this is my word. Cause like, I don't have time to pray right now. Shazam. Mine, <laughs> mine's embarrassing, but it's fuck nugget. Like fuck nugget is my word for the universe. And I'm like, fuck nugget. And that's my prayer of like, I need help right now. Help me. And you can tell the universe when I say this word, I want my guides to rush in, or I want my unicorn guide to rush in. And I want them to help me. And I want them to be with me and support me. Cause literally every unicorn wants you to succeed. They want nothing that. less. That keyword too is so good because sometimes you are spiraling in your brain and you just can't find your way out of it. And so having that kind of one word that just, you know, stops everything and brings in your team is just a brilliant idea. Where did you first learn that concept? Did you make it up? Um, 
I I made it up. Um, as far mm-hmm. as I know, I made it up. I don't know if anyone else had it. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but I was um, doing a, a um, angel experience for four weeks, and I used to have a four week angel boot camp um, that migrated into the angel program I have now. And um, I was doing a live, and I was talking to the people in it, and I was just like, "Have a key word." And I was like, I don't know what I mean by that. And I was like asking the angels during my life. I was like, what do you mean a keyword? Like a word? Like what, what is that? And they were like a word that you can use when you need help. Like, cause not all the time can we go, dearest angels, please help me right now. I'm really, I'm in need of your assistance. Sometimes we have to just say shit, you know, <laughs> and, and like yeah. bring in that help. Yeah. So how do you choose a keyword? Like, how would you land on the keyword of being fuck nugget is because you don't say that very often. Therefore it's, it's an easy word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck nugget, Shazam, um, koala bear, you know, whatever the case may be, like, if it's a word that you rarely ever say that you can say with intention in that moment, you know, go for it. Like, especially now, because where I work, you know, I work with the public and we're all wearing masks. So I can literally be with my mask on and say, fuck target. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no one knows what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. That's so good. I love that so much. I guess it's a lot about sort of finding things that are going to help you along your own spiritual journey, taking bits and pieces and creating your own, you know, walking your own talk essentially. So let's get into the conversation now of tarot because I am interested in finding out about you did mention how you read Oracle cards and that tarot was a little bit uncomfortable for you initially. Are you reading traditional tarot now or are you reading tarot Oracle? Cards? Oh yes. You are. How did you kind of overcome that? So it was literally because of angel tarot that I was able to like overcome my, cause it, for me, it was very challenging to learn tarot. Yeah. Um, I, as far as like, you know, like, this, you know, the three of swords means this, the king of swords means this. And with angel tarot, the key words were on the cards. So I had been reading them for a while and I was like, okay, like I understand what these cards mean. And it was then that I took um, a course from Biddy Tarot and I was like, I can do this. And I was like, I'm gonna, it was the uh, mystical cats tarot was my first actual tarot deck. Um, that wasn't an angel deck and I was like I can do this and I took the course took the certification did all the the fancy fancy stuff and I was like I can read traditional tarot now so I still have my angel cards there's one like right there like literally I, it's like 10 feet from me um, and but I read traditional tarot too because it's so rich in symbolism and it's so amazing and then I use oracle cards as kind of a little sprinkle of guidance on top of it, just to kind of like seal the message up um, whenever I give it to a client. Cause they're a nice little, little positive, <laughs> little yeah. pick me up sometimes. Yeah. How do you kind of, you know, see the positive when you're looking at tarot? Cause I really haven't been able to do that very well. I don't definitely don't read tarot and I don't read my own tarot. That's for damn sure. If I was ever going to read it. Um, but I remember when I first got, I got the writer weight deck, you know, way back when, you know, like going back 20 mm-hmm. years, that was my first deck and I've never really explored it since then. I don't think because, because of it's a bit scary to me. 
So how did you kind of work through that? Yeah, first, the, the Rider Waite deck is pretty traumatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that's your first deck. It's, you're just like, there's a death card. Like, what is this devil? This three of swords. Like, what's swords. going on? You know, yeah. it, it took... It took a lot for me to, it, it was actually, you know, probably about a year of reading like traditional, like non-angel terror that I actually even got a Rider Waite deck yeah. um, because I was, I just liked the other decks better, but I figured I better have a Rider Waite deck and I'm going to have a tarot collection. I better just have it and call it good. Yeah. And I approached tarot as even like the 10 of swords card you know, with the guy laying face down with blood coming out of him and the swords in his back, it, can, it it's letting you know something. And I see tarot as a very empowering thing. And you can look at the card meaning and you can say, this is going to be really, really bad. Or I can say, look, like, I'm not a predictive reader. I don't believe that things are set in stone. If you don't like this outcome, you can change it. Like I literally said today, tarot is like a GPS. It gives you a, the, the course of where you want to get to, lets you know of hazards in the way, and you can take a detour if you want to. Right. But there's literally a positive message in every card. And sometimes the cards just want to smack you in the face, and that's fine too. But you have, like, I, I've told people, I was like, no, like, this just isn't going to work. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't positive spin this. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. But it's just, it's just trying to empower someone as much as you possibly can, even in the face of, you know, death, 10 of swords, three of swords, power. Yeah. So, you know, when someone comes to you for a reading, I mean, I would imagine that they would know your personality, that you're going to be giving it to them as you see it. And so therefore, maybe you don't need to sugarcoat necessarily the information, but at the same time, you are a sensitive soul. So you would, you would connect to people's hearts in that way. So how do you kind of tell them, you know, maybe the hardcore truth while also having that compassionate side play a part? Yeah, that's something that I feel like it just comes so natural to me because I'm a cancer. So I'm, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I'm so like, I don't want to hurt you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But like, I'm so sorry, but this is not going to fucking work. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry. But this is total shit. <laughs> total shit. It's really bad. And, you know, I try to deliver soft blows. Like, prime example, years ago, I had a client who asked me if the guy she was seeing was going to leave his wife for her. And that was before I had boundaries. And I was like, yes, I'll do this reading. And I, and I, for the card of what's working against you, it was the star, which is optimism. And I was like, I don't know how to say this, but like, stop being so optimistic. <laughs> it's not going to work. Move on. Let it go. I'm sorry. Don't do this. Like you're giving yourself a lot of false hope. I don't want to see you go down that road, but it's not going to fucking work. And as compassionate as you can be telling someone to give up, you know, I, I still have never heard from them <laughs> years yeah. later, which is fine. I assume not, but it was, that was the hardest thing I think I had to say was like, what's working against you is hope. You shouldn't, shouldn't do yeah. that right now. You should yeah. move on. 
I guess it's sort of fascinating because when people come to tarot readers or they're looking for outside guidance, you know, do you think that they're very often looking for validation on what they, they kind mm-hmm. of want to happen? And that being said, how important is it for them to check in with their own inner truth after reading a reading from yourself or from somebody else? It happens all the time. I've literally had someone say when I asked them what their question was, I said, you're a psychic, you should know what my question is. And I'm like, let's not do that. Let's not do that. And that's not, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not a guessing game. I'm not going to do that. But people do come with a set of expectations to a tarot reading. And it's up to you to manage those expectations if you're giving them a reading. I always tell people, you're going to know exactly how I see it. You came to me because I read tarot through the filter of my life experience. Every tarot reader is different. Yeah. We all read through different, through different life experiences, different ways, different styles. You came to me for a reason and I'm not going to bullshit you and I'm not going to waste your money on telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. Like I'm going to tell you exactly how it is and I'll tell you respectfully, but at the, at the end of the day, I'm not here to blow smoke up your ass and make you happy. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't in good conscience do that. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. it would make me feel so bad. Yeah. So how do you recommend people choose a tarot reader? Like if they don't want a tarot reader like that, I mean, how do they, do they kind of look on social media? Are there some strategies that you can suggest? Yeah. Yeah. Social media is going to be the way that people find most of their readers. Um, I would say vet your readers, vet them so hard (laughs) because just because they're on TikTok with a tarot deck doesn't mean they're a tarot reader. Doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. (laughs) You know, not saying that, (laughs) right? Not saying they don't, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. be a little bit more discerning about who you share your energy with because you are sharing energy with whoever you get a tarot reading from. And if you don't like my style, you need to make sure that the person that you do like, make sure you align with their values. Make sure that you vet their social media. Just like with spiritual teachers, you know, I have a post about vetting your spiritual teachers. There have been tons of teachers, especially now with everything going on, that I've been like, oh no, I used to really, really like you. And now I have to keep my distance. Mm. Now I have to unfollow. Now I have to block. Now I have to move on. And I don't want to give my resources to that person anymore. So make sure that whoever you get a reading from shares your values and aligns with that. Um, And that you like their style, you know, a pretty Instagram doesn't mean anything if they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that now, because I did sort of allude to it at the top of the show. We're going to have a chat about that. So I feel that when I look around, there's sort of a lot of pressure on people to get things right, right away. And um, I know that you recently released a video sort of within the same vein. So I guess I was wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, that was... um... That was a total spur of the moment video. Um, I may have had some liquid courage in doing it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I, I just, I got so upset because you see people who have, you know, and upset on multiple fronts because you see people who've been reading tarot for five minutes and they're like, I'm booking readings now in my shop. And I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Like you have someone's life in your hands and there's so much pressure to be perfect. There's so much pressure to make money off of spirituality 
that you haven't even gotten to know yourself through the cards. You just saw a pretty deck on Instagram and you're like, I'm going to get this pretty deck and other people will see that I have this pretty deck and that'll mean that I'm a good reader. Like that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, spend time with the deck yourself, spend time with your own self before you try and start making money off of other people. And it's just the way the system is set up. We're, we're, the system is is designed to make you feel like if you're not being productive and you're not making money, then it's not worth anything. And unfortunately, that's trickled into terror readings and you know spiritual healing services and, and things like that. And it's it's really sad. Yeah, I was a lot more. I'm all, I'm a lot more eloquent now than I was in my video. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, you know, go to Andrew's uh, Instagram. You can find it if you, you can find it. His thoughts. But, you know, I guess the thing is that you just hit the nail on the head there where you said that, you know, you have people's lives in your hands. I guess one of the things that we do need to understand is that very often when people are walking a spiritual path or if they're exploring it, sometimes they've gone through the dark night of the soul and they're looking for a lifeline. And it's very easy for certain, and I'm getting goosebumps while I say this, but it's very easy at times for people to take advantage of that and that vulnerability. And we do see it with a lot of copycat Instagram accounts where people are, you know, showing yep. up and pretending to be certain people. So, you know, how important are ethics in spirituality? I think it's the most important thing when you're doing work for other people, you know, when like if I'm not feeling my best, that's why I, I um a, a year or so ago, or actually probably two years ago now, I extended my turnaround time for readings because I was limiting myself. And if I I, I found myself doing readings that were still really good, but I was having a bad day, mm. and I just didn't. I had to like really work to get into that space of doing a reading, and that falls under ethics. Like you know, I'm not gonna have a martini and then do an energy healing on someone. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's not right to me. Yeah. Um, I did have a tipsy tarot reading offer at one time, um, <laughs> pure fun, <laughs> but like, literally I would be like, I'll pour a drink and, and draw your cards. And it was great, but people knew what they were getting. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't like I was just doing it for kicks yeah. and giggles, but you know, if you can do something and you're advertising that you can do something, make sure that you can do it. Because, you know, with tarot readings, with energy healings, with spell work for people, like, that's a big thing. And people are relying on you to show up mm. and to be there and to be present for them. And if you're not doing that, that's not ethical. And I, whether it gets you in the moment or whether it gets you a few weeks or years down the line, it's going to catch up with you. And you don't want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's so good. You know, Andrew, I could talk to you forever, but we are at the end of our hour now. So I wanted to know if there's anything that you felt called to speak on that I didn't ask you. The platform is for sure yours. Take it away. And also best way that people can get a hold of you, anything that you wanted to promote, anything you've got coming up. So please feel free. Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, I think the one thing that I always want to tell people is to ask for help when you need it. Like you have a whole team of people in this world and in the spiritual world who want to help you, who are waiting to help you. You just have to ask for help. So if you feel like you haven't been helped, ask yourself if you've asked for it and gotten out of the way of it and just say, mm -hmm. help me. That's like the first step. 
Like you have a ton of help available, just ask for it. Swear to God, it'll work. Just ask for help. Um, if you want to find me, Tara with Andrew on Instagram, tarawithandrew.com. Um, I have been pulling back my availability for readings uh, because of my day job, but I do currently have some specialty readings available that I don't normally have. So you can check those out um, on Instagram or on my website, they're there. Um, and if you just want to chat with me, you can send me a message and we can talk and we can curse and have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know I learned a lot and I know our listener at home did too. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.